Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Now turn your Bibles quickly, Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Revelation chapter 4 verse 11. Powerful and popular text here. It says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And for your will, they exist and were created. From your different translations, I want you to read together. Revelations 4, 11, 1, 2, go. Now, this is one of the most resounding texts that reveal your purpose for existence. For you have created all things for your pleasure. He tells you why you were created, why all things were created. For his pleasure. For his pleasure they are and were created. Mount Moore of Blessed Memory said, where the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse then becomes inevitable. One of the most dangerous things that can happen to a man is for him to be alive and though he's alive, he has no compelling dream. It's a dangerous thing. It's as if you were dead. You must have a compelling dream, a compelling perspective of purpose, something that keeps you up early, keeps you up at night and wakes you up early, something to pursue you must have a reason to live beyond just mere vibes. This is so powerful. And if you don't realize this, there is a void in your life. You might not realize it yet, but there is a void in your life. If you are living without a compelling dream, there is a void in your life. And because nature abhors vacuum, when there is a void, some things will begin to creep in and fill that void. Some things you didn't expect. Some things you don't even want. So, with my discuss this afternoon, I want to answer a very salient question, a question that even believers ask. Why is it so difficult to overcome habits? Why is it so difficult? You know, I said jokingly, seriously, you know, when I was preaching on something like this in Port Harcourt, I said, even from the spelling of habit, you can tell how difficult and how troublesome it is. From the spelling, H-A-B-I-T, if you remove the H, you still have a bit. And if you remove the A, you still have bit. And if you remove the B, you still have it. Like so. So you're just like, what do I do? Some of you, listen, it's okay for you to say, wow, and all of that, but you see, this is the experience of many believers. You love the Lord. You are full of the Spirit. Your tongue speaking. And there are just some things you're struggling with. And first and foremost, I want to tell you, there is no temptation that you're faced with that is not common to all men, even all believers. It's one of the reassuring things in the Word of God where the Bible tells you, tells you even Elias was a man subject to like passions as you are. But then what do we do about it? I want to tell you respectfully, maybe we are struggling 
Because we've got it all wrong. We've got it all wrong. I'm not a prophet of doom, but I want to tell you most assuredly from studies that most of our approach to handling habits and overcoming sin will not get us anywhere. Telling you the truth, there is something very fundamental that many people miss. And I won't keep you in suspense for too long. I will just tell you it is purpose. Purpose is the greatest weapon against habits. What did I call it? Listen, not prayer, as important as prayer is. Not fasting, as important as fasting is. The most important and powerful and potent weapon against habits is what? And so in the next few minutes, I want to share with you on the glory of God and victory over sin. The glory of God and victory over sin. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, a text that we know very well, and I think that's what's going to make this profound, because virtually all the texts that I'm sharing with or sharing from are texts that you know very well. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with patience and endurance the race that is set before us. Everybody read Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 together. One, two, go. Now listen, what you just read, simple as it is, is so profound. This has the secret. This is where many miss it. Many believers are simply trying to lay aside. But it doesn't just say lay aside. After you've laid aside, you must do something. What did he say you must do? Run. And that's a language of purpose. You must have a pursuit in your life. And that pursuit must be God and his glory. Listen, it must be your goal to glorify God with your life and to enjoy him. It must be your pursuit. And if, it's, if that's not an active, compelling pursuit in your life, there will be vacuums. And that vacuum will be occupied by so many wrong things. This, I believe, is the reason why many people have habits in the first place. And if you lay aside any weights, but you don't run, guess what? The weight will come back. I'm telling you, the weight will come back. Because nature abhors vacuums. You were created to pursue pleasure. Even though the, in, in proper context it's the pleasure of God, but you were created to do what? And so, if you lack that active pursuit for the pleasure of God and the glory of God, other things will take that place. And so the reason why our fight against habits are so ineffective many times, this is what many believers do without knowing. You want to kill a plant, but you just go to one of the branches and cut it off. That's what you're doing. 
In fact, you may cut off all the branches. And that's why when you take steps like that, it feels like the first day you are, I mean, you're making progress. Two days after, I'm making progress. Three days after. But after a while, it looks like the signs begin to come back. Isn't that true? That's how it is. Because if you cut off just the branches, guess what? It will sprout again. Instead of going for the root cause, we are there plucking off the fruits. There is something more fundamental to attack. Come on, are you with me? And just like many spiritual principles that scientists unconsciously reiterate, this is another example. Has it not been said that the idle mind, mind is the what? That's, I mean, one of the few popular quotes that are actually profound. The idle mind is the devil's workshop. It, see, it doesn't matter how prayerful you are. See, I'm helping you. Some of you don't need deliverance. You need a job. That's what you need. You're idle. Idol. And so, scientists and psychologists have discovered that most habits actually sprout up in response to boredom. They're bored. And so, it's, it's, it's an unhealthy coping mechanism that we have come up with. That's what habits are for many people. So, what scientists are trying to tell you, the Bible has already said, scientists opine that habits must be replaced. The only way to defeat habits is to replace habits. You replace bad habits with good ones. Is that not what the writer of Hebrews says when he says, lay aside every weight and run? Because the weight came in the first place because you were not running. Are you with me, someone? Yes, sir. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. As a young believer, I noticed a pattern. And that's that when I'm in school, this was in my undergraduate days, I had the best spiritual experience. But when I come home for holiday, for some people, is the opposite. Do you understand? But... How many of you have noticed a pattern like that before? You, you like, it's either you're very vibrant in school and when you come back, you just wonder what is happening. And I traced it and realized, ah, I have time at all. It's time. Let me tell you this. Trace it very well. Many people, the most critical moment in their life, where some people even make mistakes that unfortunately not many people recover from. That window after high school waiting for college, or secondary school, we have an international audience, secondary school waiting for university, or after you graduate. Am I saying the truth or not? See, that's where it just seems like things you never knew you were capable of doing, capable of thinking, begin to sprout up. And if you're not wise, 
You'll be so trapped. You'll be wondering, who am I? I don't mind. It's the devil's workshop. And so here is, I will start by giving you some natural advice. Common sense, godly advice. And this is also theology. Because you know what the Bible says? It says a man who does not walk should not eat. So that's theology. That's not motivation. That's doctrine. Never find yourself idle. It's wrong. It's a, see, it's against God's design for man. And the reason why you find inconsistencies, inconsistencies in your life is because you are breaking a principle. Before God ever, you know, formed man according to the Genesis 2 order, he had planted a garden and put man in the garden to till it. So man woke up to responsibility. Do you understand what I'm saying? As man opened his eye like this, he said, oh yeah, start working. <laughs> Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dope. Man did not start with IT. No holiday. Come on, are you with me? This is very important. So, if you find yourself consistently idle, there must be a problem. It's a law that no, no matter how disciplined you are. So get a job. You say, oh, I'm applying. None has come. Intend somewhere. It's better to volunteer somewhere for free. Than be idle. Come on, are you listening to me? Check yourself. There are patterns. Patterns. Patterns, you know, that exist fundamentally around the concept of idleness. And that's why you wonder why. There are many people who are not even born again. They don't have the Holy Ghost. And you are struggling more with habits than they are. <laughs> or you don't know what I'm saying. Because a man, even without the Holy Ghost, who just understands the chief end of man, of course, he might not really understand the God factor to it. But just understands that he's not meant to be idle. And has a compelling dream for his life. He's trying to change, over, change the world, you know, maybe through business. He's exerting himself. You see, unbelievers who are so diligent, you know, so active, building something in different facets of life. And then you wake up in the morning. And it is how to toast that is on your mind. You see, before we talk about how wrong that is spiritually, you have to understand that mentally there's a problem. And that's why you need examples in your life. People whose life just keeps you on your toes. People who just challenge you. Hallelujah. You need examples, good examples in your life. I want you to leave this place 
this afternoon with a compelling dream. Guess what? You're not actually supposed to fight habits directly. If you run, habits will die. Do you understand what I'm saying? If food is in a place, flies will perch on it if the food is cold. But if it's in a pan that is on fire, you don't have to do like this. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm, ask, I'm, I'm letting you know that there, there's a way you position your life that abominates some things naturally. And I'm not saying that you will you stop being tempted. But I'm saying those things will be more under control than you've ever seen. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Another popular text that you know. After uh, having talked about, you know, natural replacement, I want to talk about the ultimate replacement, which of course is Christ and his purpose. All right. Galatians 5.16. All popular texts. Read verse 16 loud as you can. One, two, go. Do you know what many people read? Somehow, psychologically, what they see here is, this I say then, do not walk in the flesh. Is that what he says? What does he say? Walk in the spirit and you shall not. So, there, that's, it's a by the, by the way effect. So, you are, see, you might be trying, and that's the problem. The fact that the totality of your Christian experience and your devotional life is trying not to sin. That's all there is to your devotional life. You've not born a compelling spiritual vision. You don't have any souls you are responsible for. Any form of ministry, even online, that's the problem. And as long as that's the case in your life, inconsistencies are bound to happen because guess what? You were created for the pleasure of God. That text you read earlier says, for thou, talking about God, has created all things for your pleasure. For your pleasure they are and were created. Walk in the spirit and you shall not, what? All right. So now, here is what you must understand. <laughs> there is something more important to God than your hatred for sin. And it is your love for him and for his assignment. When you love God and you pursue God and his interests, subconsciously, all those other things will begin to die off. For many people who have not understood this, 
Christianity is simply about trying not to do the bad things you like, exerting yourself like that because you want to obey God. But God paints a picture of the gospel that is a picture of delights, greater delights. This is the replacement that scientists are trying to explain. Where the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking goodly pearls. And when he found a superior pearl, one of great value, one that supersedes every other pearl he ever gathered and accumulated in his life, he went joyfully, sold all that he had to buy that single pearl. Let's read it. I don't want to read it from my heart. Matthew chapter 13. Verse 44. Are you there? It says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Listen, this is how habits die. You find a greater habit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you with me? You find a greater habit when you fall in love with the word of God. Fall in love with ministering to the saints. Fall in love with following God's assignment for your life. Oh my God. It's a greater delight. A, a greater treasure. Ah, all other names will fade away. That's just how it works. You find one of great price. You sell all other. You come to a point where, like Paul, you say, I count all things but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, because of Christ, I am crucified to all things, all things to me. That's how, that's how the old life dies. Not by you even trying to kill it, but by a new obsession. A pure and holy passion. That's how it dies. Thank you, Lord. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven, he says the same thing in a different way with a different illustration. It's like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. When you think of the kingdom of God, if all you see is sacrifice, you are seeing the wrong picture. God wants you to see a treasure. Let me tell you this. We're talking about a miracle of changed desires here. A heart transplant. If all you think of when you think of Christian devotion is, oh, there are some nice things in the world that I am trying to avoid because of Christ. You are missing it. You are missing it. What is nicer? What is better than Christ? The Bible says at his right hand, where Christ is seated, are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures. Trust me, he knows you. He created you. 
He knows what you like. And he knows that there is nothing you like more than him. I'm telling you. <laughs> there is an intoxication that you need to come in contact with. A compelling dream. Just imagine. Oh my God. Has any vision ever struck you and you found it hard to sleep? It was all you could think about. All you could dream about. Welcome to my world. Everyday world. <laughs> if in this camp meeting, your eyes are opened to what God will have you do. Well, you can say amen, but I wasn't praying. If in this camp meeting, your eyes are open to all God will have you do. You see all God will have you be. Ah, you won't have time for some things. You will abominate a casual life. You, you just want more. There has to be more. This, I believe, is the missing link in many people's pursuit for victory over habits. Superior joy. Compelling dream. Purpose. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. When one of the psalmists in the Bible said, there is love that is as strong as death. <laughs> there is a depth you get into in the love of Christ. Stronger than the inconsistencies in your life. And you can come in contact with it. You can. You can. You can. So my simple message to you this afternoon is, run. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Run. And there's an environment for running. There's a track for running. A track for events. So if you are someone who is running a race, there is a company you must keep. Kinds of friends. That will remind you what you are about. Hallelujah. Before I say, before I say more about that, I want to read something to you. You know, interestingly, I read a material by a theologian. You know, and he has the exact argument. I want to read... the writing of an early church father called Jonathan Edward. And he wrote what I'm about to read in the wake of a revival in his life where he just discovered all the habits and besetting sins had been defeated. So in gratitude and in worship, he begins to pen down this poem, this poetry, these lyrics. And this is what he says. Reminiscing his old days, he says, during all those years, where was my free will? What was the secret place from which it was summoned in the moment so I could bend my neck to your easy yoke? How sweet all at once it was for me to be read from those fruitless joys which I had once Feared to lose. You drove them from me. 
You drove them from me. You who are the true sovereign joy. You drove them from me. And you took their place. You who are sweeter than all pleasure. You who outshine all light. Yet are hidden deeper than any secret in our heart. You who surpass all honor. Oh God, my light, my wealth, my salvation. This is, this, is, this, is, this is the worship of a man who gets it. You took them from me and you took their place. <laughs> Behold Christ. He's more beautiful than anything Satan has to offer. More beautiful than anything Satan has to offer. The world has to offer. Yeah, the world and all is fleeting pleasures. But Christ is greater. A greater treasure. And we have it in reverse. Do you know that many people, when they are battling inconsistencies in their life, that's when they even run from purpose more. They leave their divine assignments because of the guilt they feel for inconsistency. Listen, I believe in church discipline. I believe... You know, I've talked about the PR of God, and so th there's a way to recover someone. But at the same time, there is a way you will go about it that will, akin, will be akin to removing the drip line from someone who is dependent on that drip for survival. The last bit of Christian life in the person, you take it away in the name of discipline. And some will even say, you know, I don't know. I've heard of cases where they will say the person should sit at the back of the church and all those things. Those are well-meaning things. But guess what? The Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill. That's the time you need to say, you know what? Guy, you've been idle. <laughs> we will give you more assignments. So, you know what? You are going to win one soul every week. Yes, so this is church discipline, but we will monitor this process. One soul every week for the next four months. And so and so house fellowship, you will lead all the prayer sessions. Oh, I'm serious. Are you listening to me? You will lead all the prayer sessions. The person needs more exposure, not withdrawal, more exposure. Because purpose is the biggest way to fight. Let me show you something striking I saw years ago when I was studying. And I, I just felt, why hasn't every, anyone ever said this? The words of the apostle himself. The apostolos. Paul the Apostle, Romans chapter 1 verse 11, very powerful and charismatic text. It says, for I long to see you that I might impart to you some spiritual gifts that you may be established. Now, this is a trainer looking to establish his disciples. But then, the part of this that many people fail to see is the next verse. 
which is so instructive and so powerful. Listen, if you're a minister of the gospel here, pay attention to this. It says, that is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual sharing of faith, both of you and me. You know what this tells me? Even if I'm the one imparting, when I do it, I am refreshed. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so someone put it this way. A teacher is fed by feeding people. Years ago, when I got serious with the gospel and I started winning souls, I discovered something. There was a freshness that came from it. It's hard to explain. If you win a soul, you have preserved your own soul. Some of you know what I'm saying. It's just like when you carry out this divine assignment, there is a strength and a freshness that you feel. And it's just like an invisible sense of responsibility that comes on you. You know, now there are people you are, you are responsible for. The reason many people have open, overwhelming contradiction is lack of responsibility. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Just imagine, maybe in your house fellowship, you have to lead prayer once a week. It is either of two things. It is either every week, all the inconsistencies, even though they get this high, would die. Or you become eventually said with a hot iron such that you can do all those spiritual things and nothing touches you. You will never be the same again carrying out the purpose of God. You get what I'm saying? You will either become absolutely reprobate <laughs> or you will just discover that despite the fact that the devil keeps trying to latch on to you, it will always die. Do you get the idea? This I say then, walk. You're trying not to fulfill. <laughs> walk in the spirit, he says. If you don't want weed to grow, cultivate your soil. If you don't want weed to grow, cultivate your soil. Did you learn anything? Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.